Halflings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissidents on the panel this week. She is a comedian, a world traveler, an economist, and the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast. Always a pleasure, ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado. Hi, thank you for having me. Thanks for being with us. Welcome. Good to see yeah. you on on such Good a lovely Saturday. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for being here. We we have a lot to talk about, and something came up in the news earlier this week that is very specific to part of your knowledge base. So I look forward to talking with you about that. But first, the rest of the panel also joining us, a comedian, a lover of guinea pigs, and intermittent dog walker, Mr. David Rosie Rosenberg. Welcome, sir. Great to have you here. I don't even have any guinea pigs. But you you can still love them. I love them so much, but I still don't have a job, so I can't get guinea pigs yet. (laughs) That's the rule. And our dog doesn't really need walking because he just goes and poops in our backyard when he chases the squirrels. Oh, there you go. Does he Does yeah, he then throw even... it at the squirrels? No, he's he can't even catch a fly. Though the other day, he, <laughs> he tried to catch a fly in our room, but he's so dumb that he just, he nosed it. He went like this, but he didn't like open his mouth. He just bopped it with his nose. God, you know, he's hey, you, you got to admire the effort. That's the thing. My uh, my step poodle, my my neighbor's dog who adopted me, has been dealing with some uh, back issues lately. So he's he's Aww, on a little bit of a up. yeah he's on a little bit of a time delay. Like a fly will go past him, and then like three seconds later, he'll sort of do a half hearted lunge after it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's sad, but uh, you know hope hope you're feeling better, Luca. If if you're listening, who's a good boy? As always, we are also joined by comedian, scholar, and the Black Voice of Reason. It is always a pleasure to introduce Mr. Time and Ship. Welcome, sir. Ah, uh, day power to the people. Good to be here with the group on the Saturday. Just getting through my, as I said to you earlier, my shoulder pain. But other than that, I'm good. Right on. Well, and and speedy healing to you as well. And uh, at at the risk of seeming condescending or like I'm running for office as a Republican, you're a good boy too. (laughs) (laughs) Something something that would have would have been more more acceptable to say as as Lindsey Graham so eloquently put it this week in in the good old days of segregation. (laughs) But we aren't we are not there anymore. But hey, you know. Goals, They're trying to take right? me back there, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Oh, hey, you just mentioned my name, me. I am Dr. David Robinson. I'm your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse, not to mention the current one, fingers crossed. And we, as you have already heard, do have a lot to talk about. It has been a very, very interesting week. But first, a message from our sponsors at Community Spread. <laughs> it's morning in America. And people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. 
But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping <laughs> sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. And new from the makers of Community Spread, it's Unmitigated Spread. If you barely acknowledged Community Spread before, try Unmitigated Spread. Unmitigated Spread, it's time for a second peek. (laughs) (sighs) Well, and Kat, you're here. Thank you for uh, providing uh, some of the voice work on that. Also, I want to throw a shout out to Connor McIntyre, who provided the other voice. So thank you to Connor and to Kat. I mentioned time, and speaking of time, it is 17 days until the election. Today, also, uh, time, and you may know this as a golfer, it's National Mulligan Day, which, frankly, I thought that wasn't for another 17 days. But here here it is, National Do-Over Day for Golfers. Also, uh, National Sweetest Day which used to be National Candy Day, but uh, I guess they they got woke. And uh, also Black Poetry Day. So happy Black Poetry Day. Not only all that, but as of today, we've got... Timpani. 218,494 Americans dead from the coronavirus. And crossing another major landmark, 8,090,500 confirmed cases of the Rona. So congratulations, America. We are, we are in this for the long haul. It, uh, it is happening. Not just in America, but also in, in the EU, where I, t- I was talking to one of my neighbors last night and very very interesting woman she uh is she's an american citizen uh her father's a diplomat but uh she is from france she was born there uh, did most of her growing up there and so we were we were talking about what's happening with the coronavirus in europe because it's it's kind of making a comeback don't call it a comeback okay that is for uh, black poetry day so happy Happy Black Poetry Day from LL Cool J. Uh, but it is it is making a comeback, and this is kind of where we're getting into what I, I mentioned I wanted to speak with you about specifically, Kat, is that as Americans and what we seem to have accepted as part of, you know, finger quotes, American exceptionalism, is our inability or unwillingness to learn. And... <laughs> It not only, you know, the, the old saying, you know, if, if you forget your history, you're doomed to repeat it. It's not just your own history. It's, it's everybody's. You can, you can learn from other people's tragedies. It's, I, I always like to say it's good to learn from your mistakes, but it's better to learn from other people's. And what happened in Europe is they were 
fairly tight at the beginning and really like, you know, we're taking the lockdown seriously and they got the virus to a manageable level where they could reopen stuff. And some people may say they reopened too quickly, you know, the bars, the cafes, you know, just great, great super spreader locations. Uh, those opened and now we're, we're seeing a resurgence in the spread and, and the death toll. And of course, being America, especially under current leadership, if you want to call it that, we just need to start with the assumption that we are not going to learn, we are not going to do anything en masse to mitigate the spread of the disease. So we've, we've got the spread in Europe that America is not going to learn from. You've got the president going out to his super spreader Nazi rallies, uh, which it's it's so nice to have another adjective to add to the description of those. But he's he's out there, you know, saying, oh, 85% of people who wear masks get COVID, you know, and I mean, just spewing bullshit along with virus and racism. So did, did you guys watch uh, either or both of the town halls this week? Yeah, I caught a lot of them. Mm-hmm. I just caught uh, Biden's and just the... The few minutes of Trump. Rosie? I might have been working. Fair enough. No, no pressure either way. But I watched Biden's live and then tried to watch Trump's afterwards and could really only get through a little bit before deciding, no, I'm just going to rely on, on news airing. I don't know if you could call them highlights, but because it's part of the vernacular, the the highlights of of the uh, Trump town hall. And a, a thought occurred to me that if and when Joe Biden is elected or whenever we are freed from the the fascist reign that that we are currently living under, there's there's going to be a lot of recovery needed. And when I was talking to my neighbor last night, uh, you know, we, we were talking about how, and I've said this on the show before, there is there is not going to be a quote unquote going back to normal. Normal is done. You know, there is there is a new normal that will be some sort of a blend between the good old pre-COVID days and what we're ideally doing now or supposed to be doing now. But that certainly isn't going to happen until more people actively take part in stopping the spread of the disease and i was i was realizing that this is going to be a big part of the next presidency is recovering from covid and what i was saying earlier about americans inability to learn is that the the thought struck me that recovering from covid I think is going to be a lot and not on a personal level. You get the disease you need to recover. I'm talking about America and, and sort of Western society, but mostly America is you could draw parallels between what we're going to need to do to recover from COVID and what we tried maybe half-heartedly, but ultimately didn't do to recover from slavery and 
we we've talked about this so many times on the show that the institutionalized racism that that you saw in policies like redlining and and Jim Crow and voter suppression, which uh, is also making a big comeback. Don't call it a comeback. I'm sorry, I have to. These are these are all symptoms of the original disease of slavery, and we are still suffering from them and propagating Watch them. Watch out, Dave. Watch out, Dave. <laughs> But I mean, do you guys think I'm off base here? The the whole idea, it's... Uh, well, I, I wouldn't say you're off base. I mean, because the pandemic exposed the inequalities of our society. It exposed, you know, who's got the best medical. I mean, if you think about it, Chris Christie is right now stating how wrong he was. How he how he let his guard down. He was, he was damn near in tears because... Stephanopoulos questioned him and said, what were you thinking, bro? What were you thinking? Okay, you went to a, you went, I mean, you, he said, I was wrong. You're was a big wrong. fat person. What are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he really, he got exposed. He got exposed, not literally, but he got exposed <laughs> in the fact that he is so stupid to follow what Trump is doing. Uh, if you, if you, <clears throat> If you've noticed any of the interviews, any of the questions, Trump is still talking about, they, they're asking him questions about racism, Bless they're you. asking him questions about you know, inequality. He Bless can't you. answer them. Why? Because he doesn't have a plan. He never has. Remember, he was shocked that he won. He's still shocked that he won, and he has no cabinet. He only has a few guys that do whatever he tells them. All the people that I mean, and, and everyone's still trying to figure out, you know. Well, how for everything else, so he went control. to Jared. They're, they're wondering, how did he get all this control? How did they just hand him over? And, and the people are just, you know, they're buying into it. I don't know what you say to them. They believe it. They believe it's a hoax. They believe this stuff is not going to happen. And the fact, Dave, that we're still having a discussion, which really will challenge your intelligence. Why are we still discussing color today when it was a con from the very beginning? That is straight psychological warfare, you know, that people can actually still believe that a particular color of someone makes them so much different when it's not. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think in terms of going back to the echoes that this is going to leave in society, the one that stands out the most to me is that Trump has undermined confidence in mail-in ballots and in the election. And coronavirus has really amplified that because he had he now had the reason to say, oh, you know, because people can't go in person, the mail, blah, 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 it's going to be all corrupt and messed up and they're going to throw it out. Now those conspiracy theories live out there. And once ideas are out there, they're hard to take back. So all this confidence that would have been there in the mail-in ballot system is gone. And then we have the damage he's actually done to the USPS, which who knows how long that's going to take to undo. All that, you know, getting rid of funding. Well, how do you put the funding back? Getting rid of those mailboxes, are they ever going to get put back? Because we know that the government moves slowly. Uh, yeah, but I so, think... So, you know, I'm worried about that. I think to an extent, if... and. Sadly, this is a big if, but if Democrats take the White House and both houses of Congress, uh, 
I I think ideally, and this this is pure idealism because really the Democrats haven't shown any proof that they can do this. But if we control all three houses, then it is entirely within the realm of possibilities that Democrats can work together and and make this shit happen quickly. It's you know the well, but I mean, needs to happen. Yeah, oh, it it needs to happen. But whether they're able to or willing to do it, this is you know one of the things the the Republicans tend to march in goose or lockstep, but six and one half dozen of the other. Whereas (laughs) Democrats have, and speaking on the congressional level, not just people in general, but Democrats are all about the the details and the minuscule issues so you know letting letting the the perfect be the enemy of the good is is like a democratic policy and ideally in in the face of a a pandemic and a nation in need of recovery and relief it might just be enough to get the Democrats to all get on the same page and move forward together. And that's, you know, one of the things I don't don't think they will. No. Yeah. No way. (laughs) I don't don't think they will. I was going to say that the, the, you're going to have to get the money. They're going to have to go big with this, with this recovery, with, with a stimulus. If Joe wins, because they're not going to give him money. He's going to have to go in. He's going to reach across the aisle and look, because you've got to get the schools ready. Reason why, and, and the fact that Trump will not help blue states, he's saying, I'm not going to give you money because you're a blue state. There are Republicans that live in that blue state. You're an idiot. You're basically screwing your own people. Okay, you're not giving them the thing. you got Republicans who live in blue states who own businesses, and you're not. And let us not forget, he got rid of the damn inspector general who knew where the money was going. And that's how all those big those big corporations were able to get those loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a yeah. lot of uh, concerns about that, that he's setting a precedent. Because in the past, in my, I feel like my entire life, I'd never heard of a, of a thing where a president would withhold aid from a state just to because it didn't agree with him. And so he's like taking a step in this direction that I think is very, very toxic. I mean, hopefully if we get Biden elected, he'll kind of denormalize that and go back to helping states equally like what we're supposed to do since we're all Americans. But if Trump goes a second term, then he's going to make that the new normal. We're done. But then, uh, you know, you would hope that we would get all three, you know, you would get the House, Senate and the presidency. But I don't think that we will. I think we're always going to have one of those that's being a thorn in our side because of gerrymandering, plain and simple. And because of all the effort they've done for voter suppression, closing down polls and getting rid of those mailboxes. And like I said, the pure shape of the districts, uh, they're making it so that it is very difficult for you know the majority of people to actually have their voice heard. Who would have thought? And I, I was totally blown away. In North Carolina, you have to have a witness mm-hmm. to sign your. Who does that shit? And then Texas, or what was it? Texas who? Uh, oh, they, with one ballot box per county. All right, dude. Come on, and, and and a lot of those counties are predominantly black counties. What? 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 
Wait, are you are you saying that I that do. voter suppression oh efforts unfairly? Yeah. You were asking the question, Dave. When you were asking that question, are we going backwards? That shit never left. Right. That's what yeah. Stacey Abrams well, they, they, was they, telling they kind the of, people of Georgia. They, you know, they brought it back when they they uh, whatever the case was that. I think it was the Roberts Court got rid of the Voting Rights Act, yeah. right? All those restrictions that or that that oversight, and all yeah. the southern states or Arizona were like, "No, we're cool." I swear to God, we let the black people vote. John, basically, John Roberts pulled a, a Susan Collins. Well, I think it's been a very valuable lesson that these right. segregation estates will learn from, and now we can just uh, no, they're fucking racist. Yeah. It's like the people that ask you about affirmative action. I told the guy, he said, they, they told you, I said, affirmative action would never have even came about if it wasn't so much fucking racism. Black people just wanted the same thing that anybody else wanted. We didn't want, we didn't want affirmative action. We wanted to be able to just go to a store or go to the, a particular school just like anyone else. Buy but you wouldn't let us have it. And so guess what? Because it's not a level playing field, you got to create something like affirmative action. But you didn't want it. Yeah, I hate to I hate to switch. I hate to switch topic to the town hall, but that reminds me of the answer Biden gave when he was asked about what he's going to do for the African American community by that young man, the very angry looking young man. Oh, but you know angry. what? I get it. He looked so angry. I was like, oh man, chill, man. But I get it. It's a very serious topic, and it warrants a very serious face. So Biden gave an answer. I was honestly very impressed. He sort of just like monologued for a solid, I don't know, five minutes. I didn't time him. I didn't have a stopwatch, but it felt like forever. And it, he was it was just like two, two Mike Pence flies worth of time. <laughs> two, <laughs> two, two Mike Pence, Pence flies. flies. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. He was just like, we're going to address redlining. We're going to address the education system. We're going to make sure that kids have daycare as then they're young so they can make up the gap when they get start school and they're already behind and i was like go biden he actually knows what he's talking about he actually knows the issues that are like fundamentally causing the systemic racism and and causing those gaps that when you get to adulthood why you know a black man and a white man the same age are going to be in completely different places in society and different wealth statuses so i i thought that was great and i think that if we get Biden and there's a solid chance of making a lot of progress. Yeah. I mean, and I, I think even, I sorry, Rosie, just real quick, just to, to that direct point for, for people out there who are, you know, third party protest voters or for whatever reason might think that, yeah, you know, I mean, it was a good answer, but it's not sufficient. It's not enough. We have, we have talked about this ad nauseum on this show and I'm, still sort of forced to do it in the public square so you know i don't want to belabor the point but elections in america are binary third parties are are spoilers and we could go on for hours about the the way third parties work and if these people who support them actually wanted them to work they would you know work between the elections instead of just in the months leading up to one but it comes down to looking at Trump versus Biden. You may not be ecstatic with Biden's answer, but looking at the alternative, and it is a binary choice because one of these two people is going to be president. Would you rather go with the person that gives a less than satisfactory answer, which really is a good answer, his answer to that question, or the side that doesn't even 
acknowledge that institutional racism and the results of our history are a problem. Yeah, I want to build on that. I want to build on that because this week, and Timon, you probably heard of this, and correct me if I'm stepping out of bounds here and what I'm about to say, but so Ice Tea, I sorry, Ice Cube, these beverage people. (laughs) (laughs) One of those... One of those gangster rappers from the 90s who now does uh, schlocky CBS fair. Exactly. Um, <laughs> hey, hey, Ice-T does Ice- schlocky NBC fair. No, oh, sorry. sorry. <laughs> Ice Cube met with Trump. And I saw a lot of uh, black men on my Facebook who were excited about that. And um, it, oh, they lit his ass up. it hit me in the gut. because I saw a lot of black guys who liked it. I saw a lot of black guys who liked it. Yeah, I saw a lot of black folks who hated that shit. Oh yeah. Well, I like them. I like them. I have like (laughs) ten black male comic Facebook friends who are just iconoclastic to the hilt, and we're like, "This is great." Yeah, that's what I saw a lot of that. They they lit him up because he didn't know. Because if you saw the piece from Roland Martin, Roland Martin let him know. Say, wait a minute, man. You didn't read. He said, well, they were supposed to get $500 billion invested to the black community. He said, no, that's for everybody, fool. That ain't only for black people. So so Ice Cube didn't read all of the info. He was just talking about, well, I'm just trying to get you know something done for black people. He's the one in office because the Biden people told him, look, once we get in office, yeah, then let's, let's sit down and talk. Let's win the election first. Ice Cube didn't want to wait, so he goes to Trump, and Trump said, yeah, we can do blah, blah, blah. And they're yes. like, no, jackass. He just told you that, like he told Kanye and told all the rest of them. He's and here's, not going to do what he's going to do. Here's what I had a problem with with the whole thing is that, um, first of all, Trump doesn't, like you said, he's not going to do what he's going to do. Uh, show me that, that wall that Mexico paid for. Oh, yeah, it's not there. He's <laughs> going to say whatever he has to do to get elected. So mm-hmm. any promises made are bullshit so don't give me this whole thing of oh he's got to win the black vote no he's going to say what he needs to say and then welch on his promise first off I, I, secondly I'm bothered, mm-hmm. by the, I'm bothered by the the that how can i listen to he gives you so much disinformation he's lying every day he mm-hmm. makes up lies but and this, the fact that I mean, this, this is where you got to see you're t- you're saying that the media is lying this guy's yeah. lying to you right in your face. But the he's thing got, is, he's got people indicted, everything. It's it's a lot like the coronavirus situation where, you know, people don't like being locked down and quarantined and not being able to go out and, and live the lives that they lived before. And like I was saying before, it's, it's not going to happen. But when you get someone in power who's telling people hey it's going to be great everything's fine you're 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 doing great this thing's already going away ignorant people who you know are able to throw the blinders on they they find great comfort in those lies and they are they're going to support the liar because it's it's a pretty picture it's nice the the truth you know it it doesn't need to come around they just want yeah. to keep believing. I, it's yeah. a lot like religion. Yeah. You know, you... I, 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 I was going to ask uh-huh. you, you, you know I mean, you dealing with, you know, the economy and everything, and you, you had brought up something on that, and Dave, we had talked last week, which, you know, Ice Cube hadn't paid attention to. When, we, when you were asking about redlining and everything, we had talked about what it, the, the city group 
uh, mm-hmm. bank had done the research on discrimination just against African Americans alone. And I don't know if you saw, Kat, that they came up that from 2000 to 2020, it cost 16.5 trillion GDP to discriminate against African Americans alone. And so when you're trying, I mean, they and I, I keep saying to folks that is very significant in what you're dealing with. That came out when once the pandemic comes out and you've all these different things of inequality is coming out. All these different that is huge, and that's from 2000 to 2020. If we took it all the way from the the beginning of Jim Crow to where we are now, what are we talking? Two hundred trillion. Yeah. Of all that you've done to try to keep uh, a particular race from achieving. Yeah. And the party that's been standing in the way of making progress about that is the Republican Party, period. No ifs, ands or buts. That is the case. And not only that, but they are standing in the way of, of or attacking the rights of so many other groups. And that was fundamentally my problem with the Ice Cube supporters is like, oh, I'm sorry. So only black men's lives matter, but not the black women or the black LGBTQ community or heaven forbid the Afro Latinos who are still part of that community. All of these lives matter. And <laughs> Oh gosh! Well, shit! I said it. All lives matter. <laughs> the new but jealousy. A lot of groups matter. African American women. They feel that African American women are getting all this attention, and black males aren't. Oh, well, now I see. They're playing that role within the black community. There's this whole battle and everything because they're talking about, you know, you got black males who are, or who are, says that they're pissed at the mission statement of Black Lives Matter. Oh, that's bullshit. They're a bunch of feminists and they're lesbians and they don't care nothing about. You know, that's, really? You bought that? Really? Yeah. I mean, and, and so now they're, they're attacking each other. And and yeah. the larger they point, exactly they attack they, they attack feminism for being not intersectional enough. Well, let's look at the other groups that are not intersectional enough. And I think you, know, I hate to be the light skinned person on the outside saying y'all need to fix this, but. There needs to be intersectionality in the Black Lives Matter movement where everybody within that is important, not right. just, okay, we're going to compromise the the lives and rights of all the black women and all the LGBTQ people whose rights are being attacked by the Republican Party just so we could get a few concessions that might not even become concessions. Well, and overall, people need to recognize what is what is being done. Democrats, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier in Congress, forest trees, you know, you, there is a larger issue and yeah, you know, the, having the movements embrace intersectionality, of course, is, is important, but rather than looking at our differences, they are the folks on the right. No, it takes nothing it's a a grain of sand for them turns into the pearl of democrats destroy and liberals destroying each other and we we on the left need to recognize this tactic on the right and it's it's so blatantly obvious and deal with the larger issues first. You know, like you were saying, Kat, with uh, with Biden telling Ice Cube's people, let's win the election and then we can fix this stuff. 
you you need to win the election, you know, and that's been one of the thorns in my well, side over the, the last couple of years is you, you see stuff first. like, you know, with Beto O'Rourke. Uh, oh, well, he came so close to winning. And it's, yeah, I understand there there should be some excitement that, that Texas is starting to lean more blue. But the thing that actually gets stuff done is is winning the elections, not almost winning participation trophy holders in the world of politics may become pundits they may get a lot of airtime but they aren't doing anything for legislation being passed Mm -hmm. rosie i i cut you off like half an hour ago oh it's okay (laughs) i mean i just to to mimic the talking point by republicans that biden's had 47 years and hasn't done anything I don't have much faith in many changes under a Biden administration. I just just don't want to see Trump reelected. Well, like you I, know, a lot of a lot of people feel that way, Rosie. They're like, we got to get this guy out because it makes us look really fucking stupid. It just yeah, that I, this guy is leading. I mean, I, you, he's lying and he's spreading disinformation. Yeah, and they're I, lying I don't, into it. It's it's amazing how people are. I mean, they go and interview Trump people, and and you say. You bought that? That they believe everything he says. I, I mean, you got, and especially when you see black folks, it's like he's not fighting for your interest. Yeah. What makes I mean, that you was think like, that, was... that he's fighting for your interest? Where are you? You don't make, you know, you don't make that kind of money. That was he like gave a tax break to rich folks. He didn't give you a tax break. That's like it, it, an earlier discussion was like when he, you know, he says he's going to donate money and then you go back and check and he never donated the money, right? Right. He'll talk to Ice Cube, but he won't actually take any of the steps, like, right? That, that won't be done. I, I, I Biden's a centrist Democrat, and I don't, I, I don't think the party, history's shown that the party will not enact the massive progressive uh, yeah, I you know I agree with new you. Programs that they you know, and he even says he even says he's you know not uh, in support of of the Green New Deal. You know, parts of it, but a- but what you what you need to look at with Biden and voting for Democrats down the ticket is that they are going to move us forward in a in a direction that will help facilitate making these grand changes look at what biden and obama did to help america recover from the bush presidency i mean yeah but uh, they didn't really like they did they did, they did health care, and then you can't well, really... Well, the problem, you, you know, the, the Brookings Institute did that study, as I was telling you, Dave, on, on what happened with Obama. He didn't get the biggest stimulus right. plan. He went for a smaller plan, and yeah. it just took too long. And Americans were like... And, and also, they fought more toward health care than they did the economy. That's what got him in trouble, and that's what ends up producing a Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I would so always say McConnell that. got in, he said, I'm going to make you a one-term president. He should have went bigger. He had both houses. The problem with the Democrats, they didn't go big. They were like, oh, I'll give you a, you know, I'm just, I'm not going to give you a Mike Tyson gut punch. I'm going to give you a, I'm just going to give you a jab. Like, no, you should have went big. 1.8 trillion, like the woman told him to do, he wouldn't do it. 
And so, that, yeah, they need but, to do but, they need to do enough to make an impact, but not so much that they completely uh, overturn society. But yeah. it's hard to pinpoint that exact where that is. <laughs> I think that three point two. I think three, I mean you got to get the schools. They need the the states need the money to get everything prepared in order to deal with the pandemic, and they need the PPEs. We need to have companies putting this shit out. We should be so far ahead of the game, and we have the infrastructure to do it. Yeah, and it's going to build jobs. I, I know. Guys holding everything on up. on a national I, level, government wise. Anyway, we don't have the wherewithal to do it. You know, it's people, it's bad PR. It's it's he bad never PR. Had a plan. To to announce a national plan would be to acknowledge that there's a national problem. Right, and they refuse. That was the whole mandate. But like they said, you can't fix the economy until you fix the virus. Yeah, I don't all think- these epidemiologists, how many more people got to tell you, you went to a radiologist guy? You went to a guy no, that's but a he's, radiologist. But he's a doctor and he him? says the things that agree with what I already believe. So, <laughs> Oh my God, that was just, and, and then he gets on television and he starts lying. And Fauci and Gupta and all these guys like, dude, what did you do? You, this, what is herd immunity? You know how many people would die with a herd immunity? Well, we're oh going to find God. out. Uh, I don't think I don't think that anything will really happen, especially uh, schools-wise. I don't think anything's going to happen until we have a vaccine. I think that any attempt to open schools, uh, these things, it, it seems to go in waves, and now we have this wonderful new surge. I think the, oh, I, I just think we're on pause until some sort of vaccine breaks out. But we didn't. But you know what? We could have been if the, if Trump would have gave them the money. If they would have passed and quit fighting over, oh, we'll give you 1.8. No, fucker, give them fucking 2.2. Yeah, but I, I, I guess. That, I, that I, way I you could have fixed the school. The, 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 the states don't have the money to invest into the schooling. Yeah. You could I, have, I mean, at least to give them something. You, you, I mean, especially in the poor neighborhoods, they don't have everything. They, that, that's what they keep telling you. The nurses are even telling them. I mean, how many more nurses do we have to talk to to tell you, dude, we need... We, we, if you give us what we need, we can kick this. Why is it that, that Taiwan and South Korea are making shit happen? But Rosie. I think, that's, I think that's also a matter of uh, national character, right? Those are recent democracies who are used to authoritarianship. Whereas Amer- it, it makes total sense to me that America's struggling with the virus because we're such rugged individualists. People are like, nah, I'm not going to wear the mask. I ain't going to wear the mask. You can't tell me to wear the mask. Once, once the government tells you to do something, the people are automatically... If the government told people to drink that's, water, they're going to be like, I'm not going to drink water. Water's stupid. That's, that's what that is. Oh my God! They wouldn't even let Michelle Obama feed the kids vegetables without yeah. freaking <laughs> yeah, out over that. My kids eat oh. I tell you what my kids can eat, and they can't eat vegetables. Pat. I was at work and they did that. This one woman, she hated Michelle Obama. She's a Republican, straight out of the the trailer home, and she said, "I'm not. She's not going to tell my daughter what I can feed her." I said, "She's not going to." She t- did was make a suggestion. She's I not going to tell me what I drink coke every damn day. You don't even drink water. Yeah, no feed my, my diabetes-laden daughter what to eat. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The other day on Facebook, I saw the, the silliest thing. Someone had posted about, you know, Trump committed all these crimes. And then in the comments, there's a Trump supporter who posted a picture of Barack and Michelle. And it was a very, maybe Photoshopped, but in just very unflattering picture of Michelle where she looks kind of masculine. Maybe oh, like she put on some weight. Thing? 
Maybe. I don't know. Is that Photoshopped? I don't no, know. but like there's there's on the not even that far in the confusion. Who knows where the conspiracy line ends with Republicans? But the, you look up Big Mike and it is a whole thing amongst cons- Republican conspiracy theorists that she's actually a man. Yeah. I mean, I know that. I know Joan Rivers said that before she died. And the conspiracy theory is that because she said that Michelle was a man, that that's why she that's died. She Except, never mind that she was like 80 and getting her like 19th plastic surgery, probably 50th, honestly. Yeah. But um, this person posted the picture of Barack and Michelle where she looks masculine and is like, oh, basically like, oh, yeah, well, this guy. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. So say the conspiracy is true and and Michelle is a trans woman that is still nothing compared to all of the crimes and corruption on Donald Trump's side so just the idea that to them those two are equal is just mind-boggling the homophobia and transphobia and also just flat out denial is completely absurd well and also (laughs) ignorance of biology basically I, I think this is this is one of those things and it'll lead into the next topic if if you do not understand that a trans woman cannot give birth to a child, let alone two, uh, you True. probably should not be discussing abortion or anything else that has to do with female <laughs> biology. Oh my it's God, I never thought Occam's about that. <laughs> it's, it's just it's just Occam's razor that like, is Barack an actual Muslim who is somehow put in place by the powers that be and he's actually married to a dude and God knows where their kids are or they just like a dude and a lady who met each other in their mid-20s and, and or married. the fact that she's just a fine-ass black woman that has a great fucking body with a right. big booty and well there's that it. too <laughs> and I believe every I believe every white dude out there wants some black ass anyway like oh let's go back to slavery don't give me that. They used to always say that. Oh, she looks like this. And then the, they're out there trying to date one. Yeah, okay. It's just, I mean, that's just that ignorance that, that you can't. There's nothing you can do with that. They're going to hate no matter what. They didn't want him in there. They're pissed. People pissed because, you know, he was highly intelligent. That's why Trump hates him. He hates Obama because Obama was smart. Well, yeah. not just smart, they, they, smart they and black. Michelle because she was smart. Young, gifted, and black. I mean, you know, if you want to go to the old 70s hits, uh, but yeah, yeah. well, and also ultimately because Barack Obama is better than Donald Trump as a politician, as a human being, as a father, as a husband, he is better. And that is, I think, the main reason why Trump hates him. Yeah, you can get into the the details of the birtherism and and the intellect, but ultimately what it comes down to is it's sort of like the the old uh, LBJ saying, you know, in a reversal, except Trump knows that there, there is, well, there are many more, but in this specific case, there is a black guy who is better than him at everything. (laughs) <laughs> and that just has to get his goat. Speaking of uh, better than Trump, and it's, I, I know I was originally going to take the uh, conversation of the Amy COVID Barrett hearings, but speaking speaking of Trump and being better than, despite having his his town hall on three NBC networks simultaneously, 
Joe Biden still beat him in the ratings on one network. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't even hear that until today. That 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 I can't believe Biden and pissed him off. Yeah, I'm sure that's all he cares about. Yep. It's so so awesome. I love it. That's and that's all he cares about. It. Oh, oh, but hey, did did, did you like the way uh, uh, what's her name uh, Guthrie? What's her what's her first name? Savannah. I mean, I saw some. I saw some. Savannah Guthrie. Where, where Savannah questioned the shit out of him. She said, what are you, like some crazy uncle? What do you mean you don't know? Yeah. Uh, you know, she was questioning him. You know, she really lit into him. She would not let him. Well, I don't know what you're telling the truth. I just said it. She well, said, what are you, damn, you crazy uncle? And that's, that's one of the things, one of the big stories this week, and I don't want to talk about the Russian propaganda end of it, but the, the Hunter Biden laptop story. The, the thing that I do want to talk about, and this feeds back into what we were just talking about, about how, you know, everything from the folks on the right finding it easy to believe baseless conspiracy theories because it it suits their nature, much like believing that Trump is actually doing something to make their situation in life better, whether it's economical or with COVID. But looking at the the media response to this story and specifically what happened with social media, because Twitter decided, yeah, we're not we're not gonna allow people to post the link to the New York Post story with this with this Russian propaganda. And people on the right are are outraged and it's feeding into their their whole bullshit theory that social media is biased against the right and that you don't see Twitter and, and Facebook putting these warning labels on on things, you know, or, or not allowing them to post on things that the the people on the left are saying. And and they say that these companies have a bias against conservatives. And it, that is it, it infuriates me because the the truth of the matter. And I I am not one who's going to get up and and defend Facebook and Twitter. But that they are opposed to these lies specifically when it comes to foreign propaganda intended to affect our election or anti-truth, anti-science propaganda with, with the virus. What the conservatives don't understand is that these guys aren't biased against conservatives. They're biased against the lies. So if you stop telling lies and spreading lies, they're going to stop censoring you. I mean, I, I, I don't, I, I've, I've read some of it. I, I understand their argument. Uh, I mean, I understand their argument for, for Twitter so quickly to, to, and Facebook so quickly to slap it down. I understand their perception that it's a uh, liberal bias. And I mean, look, it, it's Silicon Valley. It's all these bastions of American power has have, have roundly come out against Trump. So for them to cry uh, that it's a bias does make some sense. I mean, it helps that I haven't seen corroboration, right? Like no one else is corroborating the New York Post, uh, the New York Post articles about these things. 
right? I, I understand their bias. I mean, their cries of bias. Look, I hate QAnon. I think it's great to silence them, but now we're letting... I have some sympathy for the argument that now we're letting Jack Dorsey be the one who tells us what we can read and what we can't read on the internet. I don't know. It's I. Like, I would. I mean, I agree with you that you know Jack Dorsey shouldn't be deciding. First Amendment. But guy. first of all, it's it is a private company. It's a platform, and so I I actually yeah, I resent my own use of the word censoring earlier because censoring is something the government does. But yeah. I, I think it is it is well within their rights for Twitter to say, yeah, I don't want this shit in my house. And, and fuck you for trying to keep bringing it in. But Because what's next, the flat earthers? Well, but, like, uh, but I think the, the, the bigger problem is that they did nothing in 2016. And, yes. and yeah, the, the Russian troll farms and the Republican Party, by extension, used social media like a cheap whore and now that you know the the intelligence services have have announced what's going on and the social media companies are trying to do something about it now the republicans are, are mad because they can't get their way like they used to this would be like complaining about the the just say no program and the war on drugs as just being biased against people who like to have a good time well you know they what they did they got exposed they told zuckerberg hey fucker you you need to quit letting these guys put these lies out about the holocaust we got to stop this stuff that's why we got people going to kenosha with guns and when trying to kidnap the the governor of 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 uh, michigan and, showing up in, and Virginia. in because you allowed this this mess and these guys and all this conspiracy theory the flat the flat earthers and all this stuff look I don't have a problem with you putting stuff but put out the truth man but I I, I don't how does Twitter so quickly know that the story is bogus well well have you read this story <laughs> I mean I've read enough of it I mean look that's like, why we end up with Jim Jones okay and Jim can you imagine Jim Jones didn't have a Twitter. He did that without a lot of people. That was way before that. The seventies day or the eighties? Mm-hmm. No, no, 70s, that was in the seventies. Okay, but no I would, Twitter. And I would be fine if they said, no, we're "Can just you imagine if Jim Jones was today and had a Twitter?" He's in the White House. <laughs> yeah, timing. He He's in I the mean, White he House. Had a whole army. I mean. But in that in that regard, I'd be I'd be fine if they just said, "Look, we're a private company; we can do what we want." It's not like, if, listen, stupid people. It's not censorship because it's not the government. I can allow as or we as Twitter. It just does seem conspicuous that Twitter so quickly is like, "Yeah, we know it's fake." How does Twitter know it's fake so quickly? Yeah, I also think it's really weird that it's like, oh, only that story? What about all the rest of the uh, the misinformation that's out there? Especially the stuff about uh, pro, pro-life stuff where they're trying to claim that, like, babies can feel and have memory when they are, like, literally two cells big. Like... <laughs> The, yeah, take that? but but again, and this goes back to what I was saying earlier about you know Democrats like being all about the trees and and not seeing the forest. Yes, these are these are all legitimate points, but the the bigger issue is hey, they can do more, they can do better, but 
I know there's the old Chris Rock joke, you know, but I take care of my kids. You're supposed to take care of your kids. So yes, that, you know, these are, these are things that the, the social media companies should have been doing. And the, the fact that Zuckerberg, uh, well, you know, we got to let the Holocaust deniers have their say. No, they don't. And you don't. And Rosie, this goes to your point. How do they know it's, how do they know it's false? Because it is, it's, it's just, you, if you look at the story, there is, there is nothing about it that stands up to, to logic, to basic reason, let alone a a in-depth investigation. I don't need to, to do a, a wide study with control groups and, and placebos to, to find out if, if, Actual feces tastes like shit. You know what? I'm just going to kind of go with everything I know and go, yeah, tastes like shit. I know. We're just going to work with that assumption. I feel, like, I feel like under this argument is is a sense of like Republicans are too stupid and they're going to fall for shit. And so we can't let them read stuff that they're going to fall for. No, I don't think it's it's we're not going to let them Which read stuff because I, mean, I agree that they're stupid. I mean, though, the whole idea. Yeah, I it is. But the they can read it somewhere else. They got 4chan. What's the what's the Nazi Twitter that every, you know, Ted Cruz and Parler. Yeah, you know, parlor. they're all in parlor. They they were all going over there until they they realized well it's it's no fun you know talking to other it's people no who <laughs> who believe the same thing as I do, and when when I say it it's fine, but when you say it it sounds kind of racist, and I don't know if I want to be associated with you guys. So I'm going to go back to Twitter and poison the well over there. This is this is a choice. You do not have to be on Facebook. You don't have to be on Twitter. Yeah. And you know what, you know what, this, this, at the end of the day, it shows me that social media has too much power because in theory, there should be enough, enough platforms, enough competition going around that the free market kind of decides what, what is good, what isn't. And, and as a company, they have every right to decide, okay, we don't want this on our platform but because they're so big, then it's a problem. Now one person is making a decision for millions of people. And that is kind of scary. That is a, a hell of a lot of power. It shouldn't be. But on well, the other side of it, if as long as he's on our side, that's good for society. But if he was on the other side, it'd be terrible. So it's kind of scary. Well, and that's that's the the larger issue is we need some sense of corporate responsibility. And the the whole idea of and not in an immigration sense but citizenship of of being a good citizen and i know talking about issues like a a quote-unquote greater good it it can be very subjective you know because what i see as the greater good is not necessarily going to be what amy covid barrett and her supporters see as the greater good so yeah, there are issues, but that's when you get to the power of the dollar. I, I agree with you, Kat, that these companies do have too much power, but ultimately they only have as much power as we give them. And that's, yeah, but that's like unavoidable. I no, I understand it. It's you know, it's like 
getting people to wear masks and socially distance and and not be idiots. It's it's an uphill battle. Yeah, but, I, but, there, but I see that as I mean, like the, it's a little bit of a defeatist. But it's like the world is us. Like we have Facebook and Twitter. Those are the things we have. And as regards, I mean, I think it's a very good point about the greater good. But there's no. There's no way to in, in, enforce that in a, in our American system. There's no there's no collective responsibility in the con- Constitution. There's no like you have to all be working so that the country is a better place. Like that's not. That's, yeah, I mean, but it's a nice idea. But there's I think, no way to force that on people. I think part of American exceptionalism is is a certain amount of acceptance that. Yeah, you know, you can't have hot dogs without eating a few rat hairs, but we we as a culture have decided that there is an acceptable number of rat hairs that that we will allow in our foodstuffs. But also since when is the greater good not important? I feel like that's one of those things like presidential candidates releasing their tax returns where it should go without saying that we should work together to have a better country, to defend our country. I mean, we had the draft for a long time. That's for the greater good in theory to protect all of us together. Um, It's only now that it's not enforceable. It's it's another one of those things like it's not in the. It's not in the Constitution, so we don't have to do it. (laughs) Yeah, going back to what you were saying about the veracity of the story, Rosie, there there are certain things that we used to, as a society, be able to accept. You know, certain truths uh, that we hold to be self-evident. Nazis are bad. That used to be accepted common knowledge in America. Nowadays... You know, we've no, got I, a, we've got at I least thirty percent of the country thinking there are good people on both sides. Now, a well, number of those people are why, on that side. Why the story is wrong? The the leaked email, the the New York Post story, is that it came from Rudy Giuliani, and he was observed <laughs> by U.S. intelligence meeting with like Russian agents yeah, who they had been you know watching and and Giuliani is there so i feel like if you catch him with a hand in the cookie jar then you know it's false and then you definitely shouldn't let it be posted like it's it's pretty what, that what Rudy's done and that like trump and you know anyone else i'm sure trump is in some way pre- having bar protect him but oh he's I mean, trying to talk about like we we used to ag- agree that that there were some basic social norms but then i think like the 1950s and in the 1950s, black people couldn't buy property in certain parts of the town, and no one talked about uh, your confirmed bachelor uncle who got beat up because he actually was secretly gay. Like there's uh, adherence to some some ancient idealized version. I don't. I, well, that's I, I but that's the that thing. Is, as as a country, and really globally, as Uh, you know, a a species humans are supposed to be able to evolve. And a lot of folks on the right like to complain that because folks on the left don't like Nazis, uh, we believe that, that women should have provenance over their own bodies and medical choices because of these things. We are, we are biased and we are intolerant of of everyone and it's it's ridiculous the you do have to have some standards 
being being tolerant does not mean accepting Nazis into your midst, be midst because they are an opposing viewpoint that, that is worth hearing out. Just because it is on the internet does not make it true. There are there are certain things we we do have to have some baseline standards. And as as Americans, if, if you want to just look at people and put them in two camps related to the political parties. The, the difference in the standards is what separates and differentiates us. The, the fact that you got this group of people over here who think Nazis bad. And then over here on the other side, you got people who are like, ah, I, you know, some of my friends are Nazis. I don't think that the right largely thinks Nazis are great people. I think no. that they've they've just been conditioned to because they have to But they're they're they've conditioned yeah. themselves to accept everything Trump does so they can't But they're willing they're willing to accept them in their midst. I I wish I had bookmarked it uh but I saw someone on Twitter. Uh this is a little while back telling a story about and it, it was probably not true, just a, a, an anecdote, a, a modern fable, if you will. But the, the story, guy is sitting in a bar, daytime, no one else in there, you know, or maybe a couple people spread out. He's in there sitting, uh, talking to the bartender, enjoying his drink, whatever. And a uh, young, punky-looking kid, you know, old enough to drink, old enough to be in a bar, but uh, young and punky enough, comes in and... Just immediately, the bartender is like, nope, out. You get the fuck out. Out. Get out now. And the guy, you know, the kid leaves and the guy asks the bartender, he's like, what, what's up with that? I mean, it seems like a cool place. You guys got punk rock on the jukebox. And the bartender says, did, did you look at the patches and shit on his jacket? Said, no, I didn't. Well, he, he had a bunch of Nazi shit on there. And the thing is, he seems like a nice guy. He comes in, he doesn't talk about his Nazi shit, and everybody just accepts him. And next time he comes in, he brings a couple of his buddies because, hey, found this great place to go drinking. And then they bring some of their friends, and next thing you know, it's a Nazi bar. <laughs> and so this is the thing, is that the Republicans, and I'm not saying they love Nazis, definitely some, because, you know, that's what they identify as. But the the fact that they are willing to accept them in their midst, it's it's like looking at the Republicans and the evangelicals and you know, the the extreme fringy evangelicals. That but you know you're they- willing to accept these people in and and ignore the the big red flags and the elephants in the room just so you can get the numbers you are going to suffer from that and it is how the republican party went from reagan to palin to trump i I think there's something more to that though you know it's it's two things one the enemy of my enemy is my friend and they hate democrats so much that now anybody who also hates Democrats is someone who they're welcoming in. And that's a problem. And it's a result of us getting so, so polarized that now that is appealing. And the second thing is really neo-Nazis and white supremacists have rebranded so that 
unfortunately, the average Republican can't tell the difference because someone who is a neo-Nazi uh, out externally might not even a know that they are a neo-Nazi and b is not calling themselves one. They're not yeah, wearing like, neo-Nazi patches. They're like, oh no, I am not. I'm a white nationalist. It's very different. I just think that white people should live separately and are better. Yeah, <laughs> and also that Jews should not replace us. Like the Proud Boys. Well, definitely. Uh, Hold on, everybody's talking at the same time. Rosie, what did you say? Well, I mean, it's like even the softer white nationalism of, of the Proud Boys. You know, after that incident, they were all like, no, Proud Boys aren't white supremacists. I'm okay, okay, that's fine. They say they're not, but they march with white supremacists. They hate the following people. So, <laughs> you know, if you... if. If you march with Nazis and you talk like a Nazi, you're pretty close to Nazi. Like that's if it walks like well, a goose and steps like a goose. Tell you, yeah, yeah black goose people steps definitely like gonna tell you what's going on because now you're not wearing your hoods anymore. Okay, now the hoods are off. Okay, and you're all talking. You know, oh well, I'm not like that white person. I'm more of a this kind of white guy. I'm the, no motherfucker. You are racist. Period. I think and it's white, also and when God and it's all based on fear. All I think this it's, shit is all fearful. You know, they, 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 I mean, this stuff goes way back. They have not changed. If you want to see something as generational, and you say, "Well, well, you know, why are black people still thinking the same way?" Because my parents kept talking about it. Because it, it you pass it down through generations. This fear but, shit. No, I, whether it's white nationalism, I, Nazism. Whatever you want to call it, it's all, I mean, we fought World War II, and yet we're sitting up here, you're allowing a Nazi and a, and a, and a, a, a Confederate flag? How the fuck do you do that? I think it's also a matter of, um, I agree. I mean, I agree. I think it's also a matter of, of, because the opposition to Trump is so fervent, they feel that they have to defend everything Trumpian, and any crack would make them not support trump so if trump also defends the charlottesville protesters or supports the proud boys then they have to support the proud boys and they have to twist themselves into saying that it's okay to do so yeah i, I think i think trump colors it but i i think to to timon's point and you know i i i do believe that it is passed down it is taught by the parents but it's not biological it's not something that you know like diabetes or, or cancer or heart no. disease it's not something that you have to have because your parents had it you know i mean timing you 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 know and it's it's hilarious but you constantly talk about you know how you guys had the white man at dinner every night when you were growing up you just wanted to have one meal without the white man but here you <laughs> are all these years later and you don't hate white people no you know so i'm not a victim I mean, people keep saying if you're a liberal, if black people say anything about being a Democrat or a liberal, if you listen to the Larry Elders of the world, we're playing victim if you bring up the racial issue. They keep trying to say there's no systemic racism. There's enough studies done. It, it, and it's really, why was it put together? Why did you do it? And why did it last so long? Why did you need it? If you're as, if you're as you know, talking about pulling yourself up by the bootstraps, then you wouldn't need all of this shit. You would just do what you need to do. Why are you bothered by a woman making the same amount of money as you? Why are yeah. you worried about having civil rights? 
there's a lot of arguments about it, you know, saying, oh, well, you know, there's a lot of poor white people and, and they don't do well. But at the end of the day, it's very simple. If you're a poor white person, you can pretend externally to not be poor and you can pretend externally that you're, you know, middle class like everyone else and people will treat you just like everybody else if you play your cards right. That's just not possible for a black person because it's worn, like, it just, you can't hide it. And so anybody who wants to discriminate can and will. And so you just, it, it's impossible. Like there's an inevitable disadvantage that's going to happen just at that level. And then we're not even talking about redlining and all of the other stuff. Well, but so for anyone to say it's not me, real is absurd. If you told me during segregation that what I needed to do that, okay, Ty, just be this way. And, and we'll leave black people alone. They did everything that you asked them to do. And you kept burning down. Looting wasn't created by black folks. White people created this shit. We didn't create racism. We did everything that you asked us to do. We assimilated exactly the way that you wanted us to do. And you burned down our towns. You took well over 8 million to 10 million acres of land. You did everything you could to destroy it. I just learned about, I think it's Seneca Village. It, Central Park was built over a black community. Yes. You can keep I, digging I no idea. and keep going. It's out there. But, you know, why? Because the, the Daughters of the Confederate made sure that you did not put that history out there. They did not want you to because it is a black eye in this country. There are and a lot of black guys I told the guy the other day, I don't, I'm not trying to throw any guilt on you. I am not a victim, but you deserve to know the truth. And that the truth will give you a better understanding. That's all black people want you to know. Don't lie and say that this shit didn't happen. Well, and that's, that's the whole thing for, you know, the, as, as you were saying, the, the Larry elders and stuff, bringing up the history does not mean you are embracing victimhood. It is just establishing the, the facts and the baseline of the argument. I am not, you know, like I will not talk to you about systemic racism if you refuse to acknowledge slavery, redlining, the, the idea that the Confederates uh, were not just pro-states' rights. You need to acknowledge certain basic facts before you can have that conversation. And much like the economy can't recover until you do something about the virus, exactly. the, we, we cannot overcome systemic racism if half of the people refuse to acknowledge its existence. And this also kind of goes back to just another weird thought that didn't complete itself into a joke this week, but it's relevant that, you know, when Trump talks about responding to COVID and he says, well, we, you know, we had the, the China travel ban. And I, I started thinking like, this is why Trump doesn't drink because recovery actually uh, is done traditionally with a 12-step program. And he would quit after step one. Well, well, you know, I did step one. I acknowledged that that I was powerless. You know how hard that was? Uh, that's it. I'm cured. It's a cure. I'm a miracle. And it's like, no, yeah, there's, there's a lot more to go through. And then it's, a, you know, and I'm not a, a big 12-step guy, you know, but you use the tools that are given to you to help you out of a situation. But the thing is, you know, I've called this administration on the show the eventual administration so many times because, sure, they've done some stuff right 
eventually, after like choosing every possible wrong thing to do, eventually they'll come around. We were talking earlier in the show about how how Trump tries to punish the the blue states, and we saw it this week with the White House first saying that they were not going to offer uh, aid and declare California a disaster area because of the wildfires, and then eventually they they reversed course. But it it comes down to the idea that there are basic problems and there are basic facts throughout history that are are essentially the causes of the problem. And you got a bunch of people who refuse to acknowledge it and to oh well you just want to be a victim. It's like, no, I, I don't want to be a victim. I don't see myself as a victim. Shut you down. Yeah. That's flat out. That's why they don't. As I was talking to a guy yesterday, I said, dude, I'm not telling this information, but I just, and he said, I got it. He said, I didn't even know. Just like Kat said, she didn't know about Central Park. I mean, there's so much great history out there that people don't know. Manhattan Beach. People are just finding out about Manhattan Beach. What about Manhattan Beach? Uh, Manhattan Beach was established by a guy by the name of Peck. So Peck decided in 19, this is 1921 that he would leave land for black people to buy. So a guy by whose last name was Bruce bought the land in Manhattan Beach, 1921, and he built a hotel, bathhouse, and you had prominent black people, lawyers, doctors, everybody coming in. They took the state of California took the land along with the Ku Klux Klan from Bruce, ran him out of town with intimate domain, took the land. That land today is worth $250 million, if not more. And it, the only way people found out about it is because they elected a black mayor and the black mayor turned that particular area into a park. That's the best they could do. They, the family got nothing. They didn't give them any. They, they took that land from them, and that was owned by a black man. And there's more stories out there just like that that people don't want you to know, and it's coming out. And they're like, oh, I didn't know. Yeah, now you know. Yeah. You know, so it's 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 there. I mean, it's, it's amazing. Well, speaking of controlling the messaging, and this is uh, what I wanted to talk about with you, Kat, earlier, is... The, is it Bolivia? Uh, is it Bolivia? Well, it's it's Nicaragua. Uh, oh, Nicaragua. <laughs> uh, but I mean, specifically your family and your experience. And I think it was a couple weeks ago uh, you had posted a thing on Facebook about like, hey, hive mind, give me some arguments of why Biden isn't a socialist, so I can explain this to my my Nicaraguan family. And I. Uh, there were there were a few things this week, and I I know they were talking about it on uh, uh, Bill Maher last night and stuff. But conservatives complaining about Antifa and yeah the the quote unquote socialists and everything relating to cancel culture, and we've had this conversation uh, a number of times. Cat is the the difference between the the leftists and extremists in general and a lot of 
what I've heard from you about you know, the older members of your family and talking to other folks from South Central America, from the Caribbean, who've gotten away from you know, these communist and, and like batshit crazy leftist governments, is that the problem isn't that they're lefties, it's that they're extremists. You know, back when, yeah. when I was a kid, Ortega was a good guy. Now, not so much. Did did he get more leftist? No, he just became, you know, more of an extremist and wanted to consolidate power under him. Yeah, he just made it an authoritarian. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we're seeing this in American politics, you know, and especially with, with folks on the right trying to demonize Antifa, which... Let us remember, even our FBI recognizes that Antifa is an ideology, not an organization. And if you look at the name, what is the what is the belief? It is anti-fascist. Now, there are some people who want to take that to a very extreme level and get rid of anything that doesn't agree with their viewpoint. And hey, what do you know? They're they're extremists, even though they're they're lefties. They're extremists. It's like when uh, well, Savannah Guthrie called Trump on that. Mm-hmm. So so, what's your question here, Dave? Well, it's not so much a question as just wanting to to discuss the the whole issue and also kind of check in on the family. But as someone who you know has experience arguing with these people that Joe Biden is not a socialist, he's not Daniel Ortega waiting to happen. Well, I mean, he's definitely not. Like, let's just get that out of the way. He's someone who, as as the actual progressives in this country would say, is beholden to the center, beholden to big corporations and everything. Yeah, he's a corporate Democrat, you guys. You guys. This is absurd. The idea on the right that he is a communist is batshit silly. Like, there's just nothing... There, he's going to have enough. Even one of the people who was um, defending Amy Coney Barrett's nomination. So there is that guy. I think his name is Dick Whitehouse, which is like the perfect name for a senator. (laughs) (laughs) Dick Whitehouse was talking about all of this dark money that was going in to the Supreme Court to overturn Roe versus Wade. Or not to the Supreme Court itself, but into the justice system to like finagle and get these cases up to the Supreme Court. And uh, a Republican comes out and goes, oh, well, you know, the Democrats and the DNC are getting something like twice as much money or 10 times as much money from corporations and in dark money or whatever than the Republicans are for this. Of course, I'm sure there's all these caveats and he's probably lying on some level. But even in their defense of themselves, they're pointing the finger and saying, hey, Democrats, you guys get all this corporate money. Well, pick it, you guys. Are we either getting corporate money or are we communists? Because you can't have both. Because if you're communists, you hate corporations. <laughs> so by definition, Biden is just not, and it's silly. He's only going to give people $10,000 towards their student loans. He's not going to pay for all of it. He's not talking about UBI, which I think would be, it's not. that's not communism either, but that would be way more kind of, rational to be like oh it's like communism i'd be like i get it um you know it's just it's just silly 
but let's talk about the realities on the ground in places like Nicaragua, which is they just had a law passed. It, it's a foreign agent law. It's a law that would give the government of Daniel Ortega more power to monitor people, businesses, and organizations that receive funding from overseas. And the thing is, a lot of groups receive money from especially like family. So I'm, I've been sending money down there both to actually take medical care of my older, uh, my grandparents, they passed away. Now I'm taking care of my uncles. I also send money to organizations that feed like really poor kids or help to provide money for the pro-democracy movements. And that's really what he wants to get to. He wants to be able to track down exactly who is funding his opposition. And the thing is, he's not just going to track it down to know about it, because in the United States, we monitor everything, but we just want to know about it. (laughs) I forget if it was the, it wasn't the Secretary of Health and Human Services, but with the child prisons and, and the border separate, family separation tactics, there was someone who was tracking the, the menstrual cycles of the women in in that detention center. But it was like uh, the black woman actually. Well, no no no. You're that's you're you're talking about the, the nurse that was the whistleblower. This is this is like a guy who oh, okay. they they were actually like tracking when the women were having their periods and stuff. And it, you know, it was one of those things. Why, why do you need to know that? Oh, we're just we're just gathering the information. Yeah, you know, just uh, science and stuff. And yeah, so not not to say both sides do it, but the thing is, you know, with Ortega trying to track the money, and this is like Trump trying to to stop immigrants from sending money back home to to Mexico and and South America and really any foreign country. It's not the political party that makes it bad. It's it's the extremism and the the consolidation of power. Yeah, and, and honestly, like like I was saying earlier, the U.S. kind of just wants to know and be aware of things. Um, Nicaragua, they don't just want to know. They usually also want to imprison, torture, kill, maybe threaten. <laughs> maybe send foreign agents to the U.S. to do the same to those who are a threat to that regime. So let's not forget what things are really like in those countries abroad where they put people in prison just for their ideas or for expressing themselves in a way that is counter to the ideologies of the government. And this specific law to monitor money shows the intent of it. When you look at some of the details, I'm, I'm looking at an article that says the law includes exceptions for retirees. People receiving money from relatives abroad, business people, factories and supermarkets run by foreign companies. So basically, anybody who's doing anything else, specifically to monitor the money of anyone who's doing political stuff. (laughs) Good times. So that's what it's for. It's what it's for. It's not for any kind of economic monitoring or understanding of the economy. No, 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 no. It's it's a strictly political deal. And um, we need to remember extremism is not good. And uh, be aware of authoritarian governments, which can be left or right. They could be right-leaning, too. So let's just stay away from both. Whether they're left or right, they're always wrong. I do want to end on on a happy note. At uh, last night's super spreader Nazi rally, Trump (laughs) did say that if Biden wins, 
he may have to leave the country. To which I just want to remind everyone that even though it is technically American territory, Guantanamo Bay is in another country. So, fingers crossed. He's going to join Snowden. (laughs) He's going to Russia. Well, I mean, you think about it because it's like, yes, it is part of my my liberal fantasy uh, to see Trump sent there. But he's established himself as a flight risk by saying he may have to leave the country if he loses the election. He's been privy to state secrets for the last four years. So who knows how much information he has. He he has over $400 million in debt, possibly up to a billion. So there's a financial incentive for him to sell classified information. I'm just saying, Gitmo is a SAS. Oh, he's sassy as hell. Wait, what? <laughs> you forgot about sass. Oh, but yeah. Well, you know, unfortunately, we we don't have time to talk about uh, yeah. the the Republicans who come around with too little, too oh, late. Yeah, now at this late hour. Yeah. Here's here's your October surprise. I finally realized that grass is green and the sky is blue. Wah! Thank you for playing. We've got some <laughs> lovely parting gifts for you, Mister Sass. Adios. Speaking of adios, it has been a wonderful time, but we do have to call it a day here. So I want to thank our panelists for joining us today. Cat Alvarado, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? At the Cat Alvarado on Instagram and Twitter. That's C A T A L V A R A D O. Awesome. Thank you. And I, I do want to backtrack real quick. You had uh, the, the fundraiser, the online fundraiser for oh, Biden-Harris. Yeah. yeah, I had an online fundraiser for Joe Biden. I raised $10,000 for the Biden campaign. Thank you. It was a 12-hour virtual comedy event, and it was exhausting, but I miss <laughs> comedy a lot, so it was fine. You got got at least 12 hours worth for you. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Congratulations on that. And uh, thanks so much for being with us here today. David Rosie Rosenberg, it is always a pleasure. Always great to hear from you. Should you so desire, (laughs) where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? I am at at Rosie Pigs, R-O-S-I-E-P-I-G-S. And... Twitter, well, Twitter seems to have kicked off most of the QAnon, so I don't troll them as much. Also, in a concession to my wife, I took Twitter off my phone. (laughs) So, I I took the app off my phone because I was just falling into too much of a hole of, like, just taunting them. So, I I took it I go on it sometimes through Safari, but not anywhere near as much as I was. But I'm on Instagram, too, at at RosiePigs, and I make funny videos there. Awesome. Yeah, I've seen some of your uh, your unboxing videos. Yeah, I did one yesterday. Oh, I will I will have to check that out. Well, the kids were in were in school so no one was beating me in the middle of it. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe now I won't. Uh, but no. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's half the fun. Well, thank you for being with us. Mr. Time and Ship, thank you for being with us. Always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with what you've got going on online or in person in the coming days, weeks, and months? Time and Ship at Instagram, Time and Ship at Twitter, Time and Ship at um, Facebook, as you can get my book, My East St. Louis, on um, Amazon, as well as my 
comedy CD, Universal Brother, which is on Spotify and iTunes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today. Looking forward to seeing you next week and, and in between, I'm sure. Me, I am Dr. David Robinson. You can find me on the Facebook at Dr. David Robinson and on the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. If you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials. On Facebook, all spelled out, let's be treasonable and on the twitter we are at l-e-t-s-b-t-r-e-a-s-o-n-a-b-l we take off the ease and pass the savings on to you the listener speaking of you the listener want to thank you for listening if you liked what you heard rate and review us on the platforms where you're listening even some of the platforms where you're not it's pandemic. We got the time. Tell everyone you know. If you didn't like it, well, thanks for sticking around this far into it. Tell you what, you don't tell anyone, we won't tell anyone. Everybody's happy. We will be back next week. Hopefully, you will too. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.